Levi, did have I told you about um my water tower uh thought experience or experience like what I used to think about water towers? Have I told you? You, about you this? have yes, but I'm not sure if you've told our, uh, the uh, the listeners here. I'd, I'd love to if you could shop it to them. Okay, well I'll tell <laughs> your, you your and they false can, idea of water towers. I'll tell you and they can listen in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that our podcast people think that they're list, they're listening to two people just have a conversation sometimes, and that's what they appreciate. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Uh, so we can just, uh, just have a conversation. Yeah, I will dismiss but the thought know, that you they're... ignore them, but they're there. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. We are going to put the fourth wall back in and just <laughs> talk to talk talk between to you and I. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but dude, I no. Okay, now I have to tell the people because it's weird. Uh, and I can't be, I can't not be genuine. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, now, yeah, I think you're overthinking this. Yeah, I'm really overthinking it. That's that's my life, overthinking things. But no, I used to think that. The purpose of water towers um, was to put out fires. I used to think that if there was a fire in a city, you would take an axe, run over to the bottom of the chopper of the water tower, and chop the legs in a way that the water tower would fall onto the fire and cleanse the city of all the flames. And so, this is the water towers are literally for only for citywide uh, blazes. Exactly. Okay. It, it was for if there's a big fire, it's like, ah, oh, there is something that can be done. We can fix this problem because our forefathers put up water towers for this reason to put out fires. But obviously, that's not true. But I didn't know that wasn't true until very recently. I want to say it was like, like five or six years ago that I was just like oh sitting gosh, around. Man. I know, man. I was sitting around and one day I was like, wait, what? That's not what water towers are for. Like, that's not possible. It's not possible that water towers are are here to put out. It wouldn't work. You know, how would I even chop down the legs of a water tower? The legs are huge. And I was like, you know what I mean? I was like, that's crazy. But honestly, to, to this day, I still don't know what water towers are for. But I tried to understand why I under why I thought that, and it was because of Animaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Animaniacs? The, yeah, the show, the, the, the little cartoon show, the little mice like, or something. Mice, I don't even, like yeah. cats or I don't know what they are. I'm gonna look that up. They're Animaniacs. That's what they are. I, I don't know. They're just little weird characters. But in uh, in sort of the beginning of the show, in the, the the opening credits, there's a little fire or something because they're being silly, and then they chop down the water tower. I think if I'm not, and and then it falls over, and they go swimming in it, and it's like, oh, animaniacs are crazy, you know. Um, and uh, for some reason, in my brain, since I didn't actually know what you know what water towers were for. I just, I was like, yeah, that's what water towers are for. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Because it does make sense, right? A little, a little. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's not that crazy. It it could work, right? Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know if it could work, but it, yeah, it's well, it's understandable that thirty year old AD would still believe that at some point in his life. Wow, that sounded like a dig, bro. Yeah, what do you I'm mean sorry. by that? Yeah. <laughs> thirty? I thought no, you were going to say three year old AD. No, no. <laughs> Wow. That was, that was a dick. 
I got you. All actually, right. you got yourself because you believe that until you were in your 30s. Uh, I actually literally just Googled what a water tower does because I think it's important. We, we, do you want to know what it actually does? Yeah, I do. It is to pressurize water for distribution. Oh. So basically, the water goes up and it pressurizes it so it can shoot back down into your, your home and your tub and stuff. I That's crazy. I always assumed that it was to create like some sort of hydropower, like energy, but it is to pressurize the, the water for your home for distribution. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, is there a reason you want to talk about this water? I'm, I... <laughs> <laughs> yes, Levi, where am I going with this? I, I, I generally am curious because I don't think, I don't think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Don't worry, Levi. Uh, I'm an artistic, uh, I, I go at things in a very artistic way and, this the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I believe that this is how mistruth guides, you know, misinformation guides our understanding. Yeah, fully. And I think what I, I think why I'm saying this because you know we still we're in the aftermath, not aftermath. We're still deep in quarantine. We're still deep into. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and response to uh, George Floyd um, and all the other deaths. We're, we're still in the midst of it. And everyone is responding in so many different ways. And one of the ways that I think really baffles me was when my ex-girlfriend, uh, I will call her, please give me an, a random female name. Um, Okay. Uh, Genevieve. Ooh, wow. I like that. Uh, my ex-girlfriend Genevieve uh, posted a video of like Candace Owens talking some craziness, right? Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm one to appreciate all thought. You know, I love all thought. But listening to the Candace Owens video and understanding that it was mainly shared by white people I was very surprised by my ex-girlfriend sharing it. And so I, you know, DM'd her. I didn't put her on blast on Facebook, but I was like, hey, I must have not told you about all the times I was pulled over, coming to your house. Like, I did you a disservice trying to hide you from that truth. And because the video sort of dismantles uh, George Floyd and the movement, and they're just trying to uh, say that uh, the issues that the black people are facing her for, for different reasons, which there are a lot of reasons that uh, black America is experiencing issues, but that's not what is the forefront right now. There is an actual issue that we're trying to combat. And so um, I, I listened to the video and it was just, have you seen it? Have you heard of it or seen it? Oh yeah. 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 I'm familiar with it. I think the, I mean, just to quickly talk about that um, was was the it was just interesting that a lot of the things she was basing her arguments on were not true. She was saying missed or half truths in order to build up an argument uh, that could lead her to a certain point. So, for example, she would say things like, "Oh, all black people are or black people, the black community is putting George Floyd on the level of Martin Luther King." Mm-hmm. Um, or all, all, you know, black people are making George Floyd into a martyr, you know? And I was like, so if you hear that and you haven't actually heard any black people talk about this movement, 
you might just gla glaze over the fact that the actual wooden beams of her argument, like the support beams from, of her argument, are false. No black people have said that about George Floyd. He's not like Martin Luther King. No one has right. even, no one's put him on that level. No one has called him a martyr. No one that I know, no one who has good thought has done this. And I've never even heard it. I've only heard it in her support argument for why we shouldn't be supporting this movement. And so it was really, it was really disheartening to hear someone using those words, you know, especially someone who was close to me at a time, mm -hmm. you know, using her words to try to debunk an argument. And I was like, wait, but she's using half truths. Like those things that she's saying are not true. Like what she says in the end would make perfect sense if the underlying thing was true, but it's not true. Right. Like we're not glamorizing George Floyd. No, no one is doing all this stuff. And there's a lot of other things we can go into. But um, for me, that was the biggest part of finding out, you know, because I, I think what the scariest part is, is that the people who think these things are like really good meaning, like friendly. I don't think they're racist people. You know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, she's not racist. Like, well, why is she saying this? And then we get this sort of, uh, in my opinion, antithetical, uh, viewpoint that, you know, comes across from someone who's very loving, but sounds very hateful you know, and, or sounds extremely dismissive. And so that's what I told her. I was like, this is not who you are. You know, you're, you're, you're posting things. You should just use your own words. Don't use her words. Cause I don't think you understand what she's saying. Mm. And, um, anyway, uh, Genevieve is very far gone. So I'm not, uh, even, I'm not even going to continue that argument, but it brings me, I'm, I'm talking a lot. I'm going to let you uh, cut no, in here I, in a sec. I, I mean, I think it's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I think it's, it's probably a little, I mean, you tell me what your thoughts on this, but I feel like it's probably a little crazy to think that, you know, someone you were really close to maybe not, wouldn't have had your back in a way that you would have. Hoped right. And no, how, and how, don't how, get how me do wrong. About that stuff? No, the, I think that's, that's the thing is that I have to understand. That's why I'm trying to understand how thought is created, how her mind was made up in this way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that goes back to another story that I've shared, one of my favorites, um, uh, not favorites, but crazier little instances was when my old roommate in college, you know, pulled me aside. This is a college roommate in college, college educated, you know, and well-to-do Christian brother pulled me aside and he was like, AD, man, I just have to tell you, like, in all like the sincerity in the world, like and with all the love in the world, he was calm, collected, not angry. AD, I don't think it's right that you're dating a white girl. You know, remember I told you this, right? You tell me this, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. Just... And and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, uh, roommate X. You know, <laughs> maybe you should call him Lancelot. No, I don't like that name for him. What's the what's the bad night in in uh Oh shoot. Um is there a bad night? There is a bad night. Mor no, not Morgan. Um it doesn't matter. Um yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Mordred. Yeah. Mordred. Mordred, that's right. Mordred. Yeah. Uh yeah. So Mordred was like I, I, he was like, Yeah, you, I don't think it's right that you're dating uh a white girl with all the sincerity in the world, man. Like, 
like with all the love, he's like, I just have to, like, he was so moved. He had to tell me this. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so I remember being like, why bro? Like, tell me why, like, why do you think that? Why do you have to tell me this? He's like, well, I can't remember exactly what animals he used, but his oh response gosh. was, well, you never see a giraffe and an elephant together, you know? And I was like, oh, dang. You know, like I said, hey, bro, a giraffe and an elephant are two different species. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever animals he chose were two different species. They're yeah. two entirely different species. And then I was like, yeah, have you ever seen a, you know, like a black lab and a white lab? You know, they make chocolate labs. That's how it works. You know, like that's how dogs. And he was like, well. I still don't think it's right. You know, that kind of thing. And thank you for listening or whatever. But mm. I had to, like, now when I think back on it, I have to think, man, this dude heard that thing from his dad right. when he was five. He heard it when he was a kid, when 80s out here watching Animaniacs. <laughs> this dude, you <laughs> know what I mean? Down. Yeah. Yeah, this dude is getting systematically, you know, he's getting racism ingrained into his thought processes from a very young age and that dude's dad told you know was told by his his granddad i don't know what mordred's granddad's name was but you know what yeah. i mean like is uh and so it got passed down as this thought that was unchecked by any sort of you know information or reality it was passed down as truth even though it's a half truth he built his whole understanding of the world around something that he was told when he was a kid. I assume, I don't know if he's actually told that when he was a kid, but it just seemed like a thought that a college educated person wouldn't present as an argument. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so I, I think what I'm saying is in my response to Genevieve, who that was close. <laughs> I, I was like, Oh, the, in, you know, the insidious nature of thought is prevalent here like you can see it so it's so forward because her thoughts are if you were to deconstruct them are wrong on a very base level like in a very in a very base level if you keep going back back down keep going back down there's the half truth that you find underneath the surface trying to hold up the house of thought but you build it back up and what we found we find built up is videos on Instagram or posts on Instagram or all lives matter or any other sort of thought that isn't fully. And I, and I think, I think what I'm actually saying is I don't, I think why I said the water tower video or water tower example is because I know that there are places in me that I have the same illness. There, there has to be places in me. There have to be, sorry, mom places in me where I, I haven't dismantled or I haven't actually assembled my thoughts correctly or based mm. on full truth because I don't know it. And so in order to take down the whole house of thought and put in this actual true beam of thought is a lot of work. I'm really deep into this like house example. I don't know, man. You were like treading this. I love it. But you know what I mean? It has to be so much work to actually rebuild how you think. That's my question to you. How do you do that, Leaf? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. Not not how do you do it, but I think I think 
it's again back to my me hating the media. Yeah. You know, like if we could defund anything, can we please defund the media because it's insidious. If you if you watched Fox News when you were 10, it didn't seem as bad as it seems now. But when you go back and watch it, if you haven't been watching any news, CNN or Fox, and you just go back and watch it, you're like, oh, no, you guys are ridiculous, like on both sides. And so, but if you've been watching it, it's insidious. It has grown over time. And so you you don't even realize that you're the frog in the water that's being boiled. It's you. Like, it's me who's just being slowly simmered to the point of death. And I have no idea. I've been yeah. I've been hoodwinked by people with well-meaning ideas. Ooh. Uh, I mean, okay, dude, you just you said a lot of stuff. A I lot did of say a lot good. of things. What, what should we unpack first? I feel like you. Uh, I'm trying to like. I'm trying to get to the the. What do we? I, I don't know, man. I, I think the heart of it is it. How do we move on from this? From this time, do you know what I mean? The heart of it is what is is education the thing that would fix this? That everyone is educated fully. Because people still believe – my dude was in college and he still believes some some odd random stuff about the world. Right. And so I, I think that – I think somewhere I'm trying to understand, man, why are like my friend's parents who I ate Christmas dinner with posting Candace Owens videos that are so charged and so hate-filled? Like how do they not see it? And what am I missing that they don't see? You know I mean, what I mean? Okay. Like, I, I, or, I mean, here, okay. Let me let me just. These are personal thoughts. Anyone listening? These are personal thoughts. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a scientific researcher of any kind. <laughs> and have, have, uh, but I, I think. Okay, I mean, I just this is based on the human experience of myself interacting as a as a person, as a human, is that when we are told something that that we feel badly about or we feel frustrated about or we feel like we, you know, we our our response is to get defensive. And I feel like I'm guilty of this hundred percent. Like I, I do the same thing. And so when we are defensive, like there is looking for this level of validity. And I think that's what people talk about. It's like this white guilt slash white fragility, white fragility is feeling like, you know, people aren't able to hear it. Um, or in the white guilt being like, man, I feel so ashamed or so guilty of like these things that I just can't bear it. And mm-hmm. I think people see this and they say, you know what? Like, I don't want to engage with these feelings or there are things like, that's not me. I'm not racist. So they are looking for whatever they can to have a defense system. And realistically, what is a better defense against the black lives matter movement than a black person telling you that whatever you feel, whatever you think is okay. You're fine. You don't need to change. Just keep you doing, you doing you. Cause I think right now that's like the ultimate kind of like, like a black person giving you a- affirmation that like you are fine as you are you don't need to engage the movement is what people really want because it, it lets them off the hook and it says mm-hmm. yeah I don't, I don't you know because my one black friend told me or you know that this is okay i therefore like it is and so i think the the problem with that though is like you you have to kind of take in the whole the you can't just it's uh, you know it's it's not and I, again like black people aren't a monolith like you can't 
you can't take one person and speak for everybody. And so you can't take Candace Owens, Owens and speak for everybody, but you also can't take, you know, my yourself or uh, another person, you know, another black person and say like this, you know, AD speaks for all black people. It's like you speak for yourself. Candace Owens speaks for herself. But I think that's also one of the things that is, comes with racism typically is that people get characterized into whatever one story that they want to be told. And some people take Candace Owens or that's that video and they say, okay, here's, um, Candace Owens speaks for black people. Here's the voice or she speaks for black people that I, that I want to support. So here we go. And I think if people really want to want to be educated, they're going to listen to more than one side. They're going and I think that's like on, on your side of it. If you want to be educated, obviously you, you have personal experience, but like for someone like myself, I guess it's like you can watch Candace Owens. You can read another article or watch another story. You can take two differing opinions of, of black thinkers and say, what do I believe and whose story do I think is, is you know, true of more general population? And you can do some critical thinking. But people don't want to think critically, man. They just don't. And the reality is they just don't care, honestly. And I think uh, that's what it comes down I, to. I don't I, – I think that's where my, my disconnect is because Genevieve does care. And so does X person's mom. Like she does care. It's just, that's where, what, why, what do they, who I don't, do they I guess about? I don't know. They care about love and everyone being great. And like, they care about like, you as a person individually. Well, sure. I guess in my mind, I know that they care about me individually. And so it baffles me to hear someone so loving and not racist as far as I know. I mean, I mean, she was making out with me. So, you know what I mean? Not, <laughs> not, not the mom, but the, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it does sort of like, like, oh, okay. I wonder if, and if we really went back to the why of this, if we really dismantled it, that there would be something where it, that is inconsistent. Like there would be something that's a half truth buried underneath whatever you think or with me, maybe I am wrong. I don't know. I just know that I, I, I can't say that they don't care. I don't think that they, I, I don't think that, which that's the hard part about freaking social media and all of it is that it seems like, and listen, this, this is very quickly. It's sounding like I am like, and all lives matters, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, AD, you're the problem. No, 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 That's not what I'm saying at all. Please understand that I'm trying to think as critically as possible. You know what I mean? Like I'm just uh, trying to piece it together is cause I, I don't think, I do think that there are some people who are racist and who don't care and who are hateful and, and who also hide behind all lives matter comments and things like that. Um, but well, okay. Let me, uh, I, I don't I know. I, 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 yeah, that's I, and I, you know, again, like I think saying they don't, they don't care. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at essentially is that's a very, a more flippant version of way of saying that. Like, what do you do when you care about nothing? Like you, you treasure it, you look after it, you nurture it, and if it doesn't affect you, I think that's the thing here. Is like these things, these things don't affect them in a way, and so their their interests are not vested. They're like you know, whatever, like it's, I don't want this to affect my life. And I think that's what it comes down to saying this inconveniences me in a way that I don't want to deal with in terms of emotional labor. Um, and I, it's easy for me to just say, you know what, we're all the same. Everyone struggles with the exact same than it is to actually sit with what's being said and say, 
man, like maybe it's, maybe I have been hoodwinked to, to use your word. Maybe I have had the wool pulled over my eyes. Maybe things have been different than I expected. And I sit with that. I think people are rather, they would rather say, you know what? Everything that I have experienced in my life is true, which of course, you know, people, whatever people's experiences are their own, but saying like other people's experiences are untrue. And I think that's what it comes down to is people saying like these things, like in, you know, Kenan saying George Floyd is a martyr. It's like, no one's saying that. Um, but I think it comes down to people, people on one side. And this is, I think what I'm trying to communicate with friends and family is like, listen, this is about pe- human lives that we're talking about. And that's what it comes down to for me is saying we, well, I think like everyone should have the right to exist in this country. And it seems like not everyone has that right. And people will say, well, everyone's free. And you go back and you say, well, look at the look at the laws. Look at the redlining effects that they did with the housing housing market. Look at the Jim Crow laws that went into place. Look at the um, the fact that slavery is still legal in this country in some capacity. And like, I'm not that's not like that's not an exaggeration. That is actually true because the prison are an exception to the Thirteenth Amendment. Mm-hmm. And so, look at those things and say. What? How do we actually make humans' lives better? And the for me, it's saying, you know what? It's not about trying to give. Uh, someone says, I'm, I saw something post online about people are trying to make black people more equal, which I think is hilarious because, like, how is it even possible mm-hmm. to be more equal? It's like we're just saying, like, how do we give everyone a decent freaking human life, like a decent life to live? And I look at the dude, Elijah McClain is on the on the radar right now. He's here in Colorado. He died in Aurora. It's like the dude was walking down the street, <laughs> like that was it. He picked up an iced tea for his brother, and he was anemic, so he's wearing a, like a mask, kind of like a balaclava, with like the whole face cut out. And and there's audio of the cops telling, saying like, "Dude, watch your camera." Or and I'm like, "How do we like watch that and say, you know what? It's it's just not a big deal. Like these people are making a big deal of this. People are just trying to survive. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to. If you really cared about people as a whole, you'd say, you know what?" I don't have, it's not about politics. It's not about, it's just saying, how do I, how do we just keep these people alive? How do we make sure everyone has a right to live? Mm-hmm. And that I think is where people, they when they say they don't care. That's what I mean is they're saying like, it doesn't affect them enough to get an additional thought. The thought goes in and it ejects instantly. And they say, I don't want to make this a part of my daily living. And that's, I think where we are at this point right now, where we have to actually figure out how are we going to take the movement, the black lives matter movement and incorporate that in our day-to-day life while still continuing our lives like and i think it's, it's it has to be possible to do both those things it has to be possible like to continue norm, like quote-unquote normal living while also still making these things rampant and part of our like existence i think like i i, I love that i still see people calling out for the arrest of brown and taylor's you know killers on social media and like that's what we, we need we need to not stop the conversation but we can also still talk about other things like um but those conversations they can also they just can both happen simultaneously we can still have these conversations about race and we can still talk about photography just talk about other things it just has to be our normal way of living that these things all happen regularly yeah i mean we're we're juggling so many things right now as when it comes to getting back to the norm we're juggling juggling whether or not we should wear masks (laughs) you know what i mean quarantine living should we go to work should we go to the party with our friends uh we're juggling now how do we treat the african americans in our lives and how do we treat you know the white people in our lives and how do we we're juggling that we're juggling 
police, you know, and we're just juggling our actual day-to-day life. And so, which is already hard and crazy and ridiculous. And so I, I do feel like it, I mean, obviously the, the African, the, the black struggle has been a struggle, but now the, the, it seems like society is, is trying to, you know, to move forward holding these, you know, crazy juggling balls and they're, and it's tough. It's uh it is hard. I, I wish there was a, <laughs> I wish there was better leadership, but I, I wish there was, you know, a route to like, okay, this is how we're going to move forward. You know, like I wish there was a truth and reconciliation council that had people go and talk about these things and say, Hey, let's talk about the truth behind your thoughts and then reconcile them. You know what I mean? Like if, if other countries have done it, you know, are we, can't we make a task force that does something similar or that figures it out in the meanwhile, it's, it's kind of scary out there. Like I don't mm-hmm. normally live in any like sort of fear, but man, did you hear the story? Some guy was like shot in the street or like there was a girl in ballpark. It was a guy walking his dog next to his girlfriend. This is a really horrible story. So if you've got kids, uh, they should not listen to this. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Walking his dog and some guy in a balcony in ballpark neighborhood there's a white guy and a, the, the guy walking his dog was biracial. And the white guy on the balcony was like, I don't like the way you're walking your dog or I don't like something about his dog, something about the dog pooping or maybe he didn't pick up a poop. I don't know. The guy in the balcony pick, takes out an AK-47, mm-hmm. no, an AR-15 with 20 rounds and shoots him in the street, man. He killed the girl, shot the guy twice. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and you're just like, oh no! And now, obviously, this is a hate crime, but I just, I guess, for me, I'm like, in no way am I dismissing the actual hate that's in the world. Like, like that's a real, very like right next door story's not shared very broadly because it's like legitimately hate. You know, I was like, oh, this is a hate crime. Like, come on, man. Like, mm. or a crazy person in his in his house. I don't know, but. It is scary. I'm like, okay, I need to like move and live in a basement somewhere, not tell anybody. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But uh, it is, there's a, a f- side of me that's like, oh, am I supposed to become afraid now? Like, I just, I just want to live my life. I just want to take some pictures, you know? Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, anyway, I don't know why I said that. I should have kept it. I should have kept it light. I was, okay. So what, how do we do this? How do oh we move? <laughs> oh man. Letting people into my fears. I was like, this freaking last week, man. This is crazy. Um, yeah. How do we, how do we, how do we start to open up our thought to moving forward in a healthy way? Like, yeah. and not, not giving up any sort of new truth. But I think what has happened for a lot of people is they did dismantle their house of thought and they have, for for good meaning people, I think, have put in new thoughts of like, hey, now there's a struggle and I need to be uh, abreast of the struggle. And so how now do I rebuild my house of normalcy knowing that there's a new sort of pillar in there? Man, I'm really going to town on this little house analogy, this house of thought (laughs) analogy. Anyway, but yeah, that's, uh, 
I guess that's what's on the docket right now. What, what do we do? What do you think? Um, I'm asking I, you all the hard questions. <laughs> I think you okay. asked I'll, me that question, and then I, I was know. just like, bah, 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 you answer it. <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. I, <laughs> I, I honestly think it's just like it comes down to it, the resources are out there. The, the stuff is out there. Now it's time to keep talking about it. And I think that's like, okay. So, I mean, for those that aren't familiar with all the stuff, if you're, oh, well, I will pretend like, uh, that's right. We're not engaging the audience here, but you know, dude, I, I own like four businesses and it's important for me to like, and the businesses that make that, like, that we just talk about this stuff and that it's something people know about when they're shopping with us or they're hiring us or all that stuff like that. People just know that, Hey, this is where we stand. Like it's okay for our clients to do that stuff. It's okay for us to not shy away from that stuff. Um, I think it's important to have conversations with people about this stuff. Like we've, we have started having conversations with almost every family member kind of one-on-one. We've been having people over for dinner, having phone calls, you know, having conversations about this stuff. And I think, there is this big like call out culture right now. People are like you're not saying enough online. It's funny because like I post like on my Instagram is like oh shoot I don't think I even really posted that much like stuff that many posts on my actual Instagram account. But I'm also like you know dude like I'm we are doing a lot of work in our human daily lives as human beings. So, like and that's like, realizing like I'm yeah I'm you know I'm posting stuff on stories and whatnot. But like also you can't you can't just judge somebody based on like what you think they're saying or not saying. Like you don't know what conversations they're having. Mm-hmm. So keep having those conversations. Keep talking about stuff. Don't shy away from it. Yeah, go back to your normal normal business stuff that you're doing or whenever your normal life. However, this should be part of our normal lives. These conversations. We don't. Ha- it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be both. We can mm-hmm. talk about, you know, human lives that mattering and Black Lives Matter, while still talking about other things we're working on. That's not. That's not an issue. Um, and so I think that's where we just kind of got to sit. Is saying, hey, th- this needs to be an ongoing thing that we engage with, and we need to make room in our lives for this to be mm. part of it. I think. Uh- this segues in, segues into my next sort of question well, actually, for just getting back or uh, not obviously not forgetting, but uh, the 4th of July is coming up. Yes. I love the 4th of July. W- one thing I hate about all of this, just in general, is that patriotism seems to have become a far right ideal. Like, for one, to love their country and to bear a flag if I, you know, seems that it's only a Republican thing. And I hate that because I love my country and I would fight for it. And I am, uh, I'm probably middle leaning, you know, for in all honesty, but still I want, I don't, I hate that people are, hate the, I hate that my friends that are left don't like the idea of, patriotism or you know what I mean and I understand that the flag represents a lot of different things but I hate that the flag itself is what people I mean they put the flag up and then they put like a gun or something I'm like oh calm down guys like you know it doesn't make you a patriot to do that like everything that we're doing voting and all these are that that is these are American things that we are doing you know like it makes it's a very patriotic thing in my view like the Democrats are also patriotic, but I, I, I've heard people say that they're, they don't want to celebrate the 4th of July because not everyone was made independent uh, on that day. And so I, I understand it. I'm like, oh, I 
you know, because I'm like, all right, let's go get some fireworks. Let's get arrested because we're putting off fireworks. Like we're going to go to town because we need to exhale a little bit. Like there's been so much heaviness that we need to, we need to celebrate or something or like remember that we do love this country and we are together and all that. And so that's my thought. And then hearing, well, you know, Independence Day isn't for everyone or it wasn't for everyone. So we're not going to celebrate it and that's not right. And I'm like, oh no. Mm -hmm. What do I do with that thought? How do I, is that something I need to dismantle and put back? And how do I make sure I put that correctly? Because I know that I already want to celebrate it. So am I just going to make an argument that makes sure that I get to celebrate it? Because that's what I would do. Oh, I hate my life. Uh, (laughs) I think it's because this is the same thing. I think it's like you could hold both things equal in your, in your mind. Like you don't, there is possible to hold two conflicting thoughts at the same time without having to diminish one or the other. It is possible to be like, I am, I am proud of this country. I love what it can stand for. I love what it, you know, what it did create or what it could create. And I also realize that not everyone's freed on Independence Day and that there is more freedom to be fought for. Like those things are both, those things are both true thoughts you can have. Yeah. And so you can, so I, th- I don't think it means you can't celebrate, but I also think it means like, I think it's just saying, you know, not, don't let, don't let one narrative win out over the, over, for the, at the state cost of the other narrative, I guess. And I think for whether you're on the side of being like, nope, boycott 4th of July, I think it's okay to say you, that's like, be thankful that we can live in a country where we can actually work to right these wrongs through a democratic process, through voting. So that's like that. so use those tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to, if you're on the other side of that and say, you know, like, well, like this is, this is America. Like, you know, this is what we do say maybe for a second, stop and think, you know what, if, uh, if I was one of the people that wasn't liberated on the 4th of July, uh, and then maybe this would be a bummer. And so say, Hey, it like you can, yeah, maybe think beyond yourself on whatever side you're on. I think you can do that. I think everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's asking too too much of people to say, think critically about this day. Um, I don't know what, what we are going to do, to be honest, because I, I think I've, I've always kind of had this like weird relationship with the 4th of July because I think for the past couple of years in particular, I've been thinking more about this. Um, like, what do we actually do with this holiday? Um, but I don't think that means you're bad if you celebrate it. And I also don't think it's... Yeah, no, I think I think of it like you're saying. We are in a place in which we celebrate the fact that we can fight for our independence or we can fight for our freedom here in America. I, I think it's different a little bit for me because I'm not from here. Like, I wasn't born here, and I had to go through the process of naturalizing to the country. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had to say the oath and all those things. And so there was... It, there was this like moment in which I became an American. I had to go through the process and like stand in front and they played a little uh, song on a tape recorder. (laughs) (laughs) That was very patriotic. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm American. Uh, And, uh, and so there is a, a a young version of, of me who, you know, maybe doesn't have all the thoughts and thinks about water towers who, is fully just like, no, I'm an American and I, I love my country and I want to be able to fight. I love that I, we can protest. The fact that we can protest, even though it has not gone, I mean, it, it worked, but it didn't go very smoothly, you know, but we have that process to me is, is American. It is like, yeah, these kids are out there fighting for what they believe in. And that's that, that in and of itself is beautiful. And and it's not like they're like, let's leave and flee the country. 
they're like, let's fix it. Let's, let's work on it. And so, um, I think from, there's a part of me that just feels like this day maybe can mean more than what it's meant in the past, as opposed to just like, uh, totally throwing it out. Yeah. It can, uh, adopt, uh, a broader understanding of freedom and, um, and independence, I guess. Um, and that is, that's beautiful to me. I think, I think it's worth celebrating. I think, and I wish it, I guess too, I wish it was more unifying. I, I, I hope it to be a unifying day of like, Hey guys, like fireworks, like, come on, let's like, let's breathe out for a second and just realize that we love the country. And then maybe, maybe we can realize we love each other and the people in it. I, I mean, obviously I'm an optimist, but Unless I'm not an optimist when it comes to Genevieve. She's too far gone. (laughs) (laughs) But for pretty much everything else, I'm pretty happy. Uh, Yeah, man. I just, uh, I just wish I want us to heal, man. I, I just hope we can. Yeah, I think we can. I think it comes down to, it's going to be, but it's going to be something that we, that, that healing that you were describing is, it will be the gift we give to our children uh, not the things we experience ourselves. And I think that's something that is worth leaving it in your mind is like, or leaving in all of our minds is that, that, you know, this is, this is something we are passing on, not something we are taking for ourselves. Yeah. That's beautiful. Levi. I think, uh, next week we, or next recording, <laughs> we will try to talk a little bit about photography maybe for you guys out there that are like uh uh what happened boys but you understand <laughs> I, like our listeners understand yeah. what's going on so they're yeah they're right i mean I, th- I think we're ready to, i think it'd be good to i mean we've been doing this from, from the beginning where it's like inter intermixing holding both these things in, in our hands at the same time so i think we could do I that so. yeah. yeah yeah but um, i think you know just you know the photo community is in a weird place. And I feel like we haven't uh, fully addressed those things either. And so it'd be nice to like hear from uh, some people and talk about a couple of things. And um, yeah. So. All right, let's do it. I think that'd be great. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, maybe we don't say happy fourth. Maybe we say. May the fourth be with you. <laughs> I'll take that. May the fourth <laughs> be with you. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you soon. All right, peace, guys. Thank you.